Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the seventh and penultimate episode of the Lilith Fair season of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. I am your host, Mark Bificus Blankenship, and with me as ever, she's not the average girl from your video, it's my co-host, Sarah D. Bunting. Hello, Sarah. I am surrounded by love for you and um, despair at my rankings. Hi! Hi! My <laughs> Hello, spirit listeners. is torn. Welcome back! Yes, um, I, I am all out of faith that I'm doing this correctly. Um, so, listeners, welcome back. It's episode seven of our Lilith Fair 40 season, in which we are choosing the Lilith Fairest song of them all. This is an extremely scientific process that, when it has concluded, will have the force of law, I regret to inform you and remind myself. <laughs> Today, we will be contemplating the top 35 songs in our top 40, but we're only specifically discussing the newest five in the countdown, and those are Surrounded by Chantal Kreviazic, That's Just What You Are by Amy Mann, Torn by Natalie Imbruglia, Untouchable Face by Annie DeFranco, and Video by India Ari. I think I pronounced everyone's name correctly. Mark? Anyone? Actually, it's Ani DeFranco. Like, it really is. Uh, <laughs> every single time, I'm like, is it Ani or Annie? And I guess wrong every single time. The reason that I know this for a fact is that she sings her own name in one of her songs, and she sings it Ani. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to go with that. Then. Yeah, I, I think that I'm sure that's correct. But I, um, while reading up on Untouchable Face the other day, I was like, oh, her, she was born Angela. Oh, so see. Angela. Yep. Or, Lord, you know, this... incorrect Latin, Angela. <laughs> <I've>... <laughs> Angelica Bificus DeFranco. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. Um, all right, Mark, can you just remind everyone slash bring people who are new up to date on how exactly we rank these things? Okay, y'all. If this is your first time hearing us do a ranking episode or perhaps the first time in a while... This is how it goes down. There are 35 songs being ranked in this episode. The song that I think is the most Lilith Fair will get 35 points. The song that I think is the second most Lilith Fair will get 34 points, all the way down to the song that I think is the least Lilith Fair, which will get one point. The same will hold true for Sarah's rankings. And earlier, we took a poll of our listeners to vote on this episode, and we will use their uh, votes to determine the listener rankings using the same formula. At the end of the day, we will add all of the song's point totals together to create our final ranking, which we will read at the end of this episode. And again, even though we are only discussing the five songs that Sarah has just mentioned, all 35 songs in the top 40 are in contention and will be ranked. So get into it. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Um, let us leap then into today's discussion with Surrounded by Chantal Kreviazic. Uh, Shall we play the clip, or do you have some facts to share before we contemplate the sound? Uh, I will just say that Chantal Kreviazic is not someone who really ever had a hit in the United States. 
Uh, she did play as a main stage artist in the 1998 iteration of The Lilith Fair. I think that if I'm actually understanding it correctly, my research, she started as a second stage artist and then got moved up to the main stage. So, okay. you know, way to do it. Um, the, she is someone whose album Under These Rocks and Stones I bought on my way home from the Lilith Fair. So to <laughs> me, she even more than the fact that she played at the Lilith Fair is a Lilith Fair artist for that reason. And surrounded from the album Under These Rocks and Stones is a pretty good indication of her singer songwriter gone slightly wild style um after she released this album she did go on to a steady career as a songwriter for other people including avril lavigne i think all female songwriters wrote for avril lavigne at this period it was actually Mm. uh, a canadian law and i think so and chantal kreviazic married a canadian i think he was in the band our lady peace you know, again, it's like all Canadians marry someone who were who was in Our Lady Peace or was in Nickelback. Yeah, I, I don't make the this rules. This is in CanCon. Um, yeah, it's a statutory requirement, I believe. Um, <laughs> I will also say, uh, Chantal Kreviazic, which we're just going to keep saying because now that we figured out how to say it, and we're probably saying it wrong. Please add us. We're here for it. This is a this is a good um, exemplar of that crossover with uh, the WB content because I learned about her from hearing her in a Felicity episode. Well, so see, and I remember too, and it was the guy from Our Lady Peace, by the way. Um, I remember too that she had a cover of Leaving on a Jet Plane that was in trailers or movies or something. But all of this is a long prologue to hearing a clip from, for me, the definitive Chantal Kreviazic song, Surrounded. So I will say, um, also, this song did reach number nine in Canada. Hmm. That's nice for her. I don't feel great talking shit about a song that was about an ex's death of suicide when Chantal was very young. But this is the life that I have chosen. (laughs) So here's, here's the thing. And I really... Um, I pulled this clip and yet it only has just occurred to me now what is kind of like the um, poppy seed at the gum line about this song for me, which is that it feels very um, applying surface Tori Amos delivery to dark Tori Amos content and it's still feeling not insincere, but like removed from the content by an attempt to assume another artist's form. Now, Chantal Kreviazic's delivery just is Amosy 
I think generally um, the song I know of hers, which was on Felicity far away is um, it does have that uh, sort of almost borderline yodeling um, holleration in it at times that is, that is very Amosy, but this feels there are times in this uh, countdown where we talk about the fact that the poppy form um, goes pairs well with a very dark function. I don't think that's the case here. This feels processed and workshoppy in a way that doesn't, they don't line up for me. Um, but it is a, I mean, it is a pretty Lilithy sound and there's that like area of the WV overlap then. I just feel like this song needed another couple of passes with the engineer in terms of like, let's strip some processed shit off it and just be in, just be in the feeling a little more instead of throwing your voice at it at an, in an attempt to keep it at a distance. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Where did you, anyway, where did you rank it though? Uh, 24th, mm. 12 points. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, she's good. The song is not bad. I just am a little frustrated by it, it's just like not done. I don't know. How do you feel? That Tori Amos comparison is so apt. This is the more radio friendly version of a Tori Amos song, like without mm-hmm. a doubt. And you think about how um I, I mean I actually really love this song. I will say, I mean, surprise, surprise. It's a maximalist pop song that I'm really into. Whoa. (laughs) What? Who would have thought? Uh, I love how much shit is going on here. There's like seven different movements within the song. It's um, loud. She's loud. She hollers a lot. In fact, on this album, there are lots of songs where she just basically is screaming. And I really like it. There's a song called... uh, believer where she says she's going to take her microphone and use it to break someone's face. And I'm like, yes, girl, smack him. Um, I mean, sure. Like uh, there is an extra ness to her that unfortunately there is that like layer of Canada over it, that I think prevents <laughs> her from um, manifesting at her full strength. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this is, this is like that celery soda you can get in the diner sometimes. This is just your flavor or it isn't, is my feeling about this. And uh, I yeah, guess I want I some celery true. soda today. Now, that being said, for me, as a Lilith object, it is a little too... There's a little, something a little too shiny about the production for me to consider mm-hmm. it an ultimate Lilith song. Also, it's not in any way about um, being empowered in a community of women, which is I've just really realized through the course of this season that I, to me, the truest Lilithy, the most Lilithy songs are the ones that make me feel happy and are in some way about celebrating the power of a community of women. So, uh, spoiler, I guess, <laughs> for how the rest of this is going to go. But, you know, that was the point of this season. Anyway, I mm-hmm. uh, pretty much agreed with you, Sarah. I put the song in 21st place which gives it 15 points from me and the listeners i think in some way driven by a lack of chantal knowledge uh but also perhaps a dgafing 
Uh, mm. Put the song in 32nd out of 35 places, giving it only four <laughs> wow. points. Okay. I mean, that's about where I thought they would put it. A little higher, actually. So next, we have Your Friend and Mine and uh, Muse of One Dan Jakes, Amy Mann. And this is a song that perfectly hits the Venn diagram of appearance on a teen-oriented television series because I believe it was also on the Melrose Place soundtrack. In fact, I know it was. Yes, it was. Um, Amy Mann was on a Buffy episode. So see... And Amy yeah. Mann has continued to be one of the coolest ladies in the game for her entire career from till Tuesday on. Um, this is a song called That's Just What You Are that is also from an album called I'm With Stupid, whose album cover is burned into my mind. You, Mine too. You see her opening a refrigerator door and I'm With Stupid is spelled out in plastic refrigerator magnet letters. And right? It's just... I can conjure it as easily as I can conjure a picture of the face of my beloved. Yes. Um, God. So, which is a testament to the power of that image because it is so indicative of how Amy Mann rolls. It's funny. It's self-deprecating. It's a little surprising. There's just, Amy Mann always seems like someone who is not going to be that, she doesn't take herself that seriously, even though the music is very seriously to use that old cliche, but she just always seems like she's kind of saying, uh, yeah, but also fuck you. Like she's, she's, she gets irritated by things in songs like the one we're about to hear, but she never gets, she's always too confident in herself to let it really get her mad is how it always comes across to me. And that's one of the reasons I love this song. Enough yammer yammer. Here's that's just what you are. I have seen Amy Mann in concert more than any other artist, I believe. And including one disastrous show at the Academy, I think, RIP, her record company had screwed her over and not sent her with a backing band, so she had to use a boombox. She was a not very stiff breeze away from rage crying for the entire show. It was actually extremely uncomfortable to watch. Um, but in that way, like her presentation is very acidic in a way that doesn't necessarily suggest Lilithosity. And I think she may be one of those Katie Lang, um, sui generis artists that like exists sort of close to the Lilith Fair, um, and thinks fondly of the Lilith Fair, but is not of it, even though she played it, right? Uh, did she? I'll, let me tell I, you in just one second. But this, like that sort of she did. DIY, she like, did play the literal DIY attitude, um, I think is very Lilithy. This video is her like spray painting roller skates and then they become sentient. I'm not totally sure what's going on. I was shocked that there was even a video 
she is so distinctive looking and beautiful that um, she is almost an alien. Like, it's like what they used to say about the supermodels, that it's like, in person, they actually look a little weird and, like, they were drawn wrong, but, like, that's extremely beautiful. Um, And I remember hearing this song for the first time and, like, I had bought this album on the recommendation of Spin Magazine, I think. And I got to this song, I played it, like, 78 times. This album and the one before it did not come out of my CD changer, Kids Ask Your Grandparents, for like seven months. Uh, I just, like, this. it was the summer of 96, I'm going to say, and I just, like, listened to this while laying on the floor of my kitchen in my apartment on 58th Street because it was the coolest place in the apartment. Uh, I have such fondness for the song, but how Lilithy is she? Um, I mean, you know, this is the, this is the battle, um, because she is definitely an indie spirit, Mm. but it's rock and there's a like hard edge to it that is not necessarily about, it's not necessarily about community with women so much as it is despairing of men refusing in this specific songs case to change their minds about things. Um, The guys from squeeze are on background vocals. I learned yesterday. So, and you know, she's married to Michael Penn. Like she has so many bona fides that are like, do they apply here? In this case, I couldn't, I, I tried to rank her higher than this. I love this song like it's a family member, but I could only get as high as 14th with it. 22 points. Well, I get it. Um, so, yes, you may have heard me uh, saying in the background there. Yes, she did, in fact, play the Lilith Fair, although, as mm-hmm. we know, that doesn't necessarily mean that she is of the Lilith Fair in the way that we mean it here. Right. Um, but for I, I love this song. Okay, let me go back to the fact that you used the word acidic to describe her delivery, which I think is right on point. And it's interesting because when you think about a song like Voices Carry from the Till Tuesday years, that is a much more bombastic song. Her delivery on that song is very bombastic, especially at the end when she's really wailing and belting about shut up. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. but it's interesting that she's always been concerned, at least between these two songs, about men being dickheads and women (laughs) running out of patience with that. And in the first one, she's more victimized, I feel like, by her more deeply troubled and immediately emotionally unhappy. Whereas in this one, I feel like she's just disgusted to the point where she can't even get mad anymore which is partly evidenced by the way that she sings the song, because these lyrics could be furious if they were sung in a different way. Um, Because for instance, the line, the lines now I could talk to you till I'm blue in the face, but we still would arrive at the very same place with you running around and me out of the race. I mean, that is some fucking great lyric writing, first of all. Uh, But the way she sings that it's more just, Oh God, I'm just over you. Yeah. There's definitely between till Tuesday, which is definitely like, um, sort of banging one's head against the bars of the cell. 
um, like coming up close is like a wonderful song that is nostalgic for a for a time in the past. But if you compare that to Red Vines, which is like basically the same story, but in coming up close, she's extremely distressed. And in Red Vines, she's rolling her eyes. Right. So, yeah, I think that point is well taken, that the evolution of this person's relationship to other people sucking <laughs> has has evolved as it, as it must for all adults. Right. It's like, I can't make you change, but I can change how I feel about you. <laughs> and I can change the style of song that I write um, reading you for filth. Now, we also... Um, are very close here because I agree with some of your assessments, but I also feel that this song's Lilithness is inherent in its intelligence and the sophistication of its construction. Because though those earlier criteria that I mentioned are important, I also feel like a Lilith song has got something unusual going on. There's something surprising about the music, the production, the lyrics, and this song just has that in spades. I think Amy Mann is unquestionably one of the smartest lyricists uh, around she's up there for me with john darnielle of the mountain goats which is a mm-hmm. big compliment uh coming from me i feel so i put this song in 12th place and gave it 24 points and i feel good about that i think you should and i will also note here that um between this episode and our next one my rankings there was a, you know, valley of the shadow of what the fuck happening. So things may not stay stable from episode to episode. Ha. Just everybody breathe. The center cannot hold. No. Where'd the listeners put her? Oh, right. They put her in 19th place with 17 points. Hmm. Well, I'm I'm absolutely sure that one listener in particular probably used seven incognito windows to vote for her a bunch of times. <laughs> Hello, Dan. Uh, hey, Danny. Tallest man in folk rock. Okay, uh, so, uh, Sarah, what have we got next? Oh, God, next. <laughs> next is Torn by Natalie Imbruglia. I really wasn't about this song. I hate it. Let's hear a clip. So I guess the fortune teller's right. Should have seen just what was there and not some holy light But you crawled beneath my veins and now I don't care, I have no luck I don't miss it all that much There's just so many things that I can't touch on Okay, when you watch the video for the song, she spends a lot of it, I mean, the symbology is just very simplistic. I would say her vocal is fine. This song was overplayed, but in the video, she spends a lot of time in a too big sweatshirt, sort of like pulling it over her fingers, like, I'm so tiny. I'm just a fairy creature who's treated unfairly. (laughs) Uh, That's not interesting to me, Um, sort of out in the world. In our world, where we're trying to assess how Lilithy this is, 
This just sounds from soup to nuts like it was built by dudes um, in some like sub drippy sub basement of the Brill building. I just, it, it's like not, it doesn't say anything new. Um, it doesn't say anything about community. It's not particularly acoustic sounding. The lyrics, when you take them apart, feel to me very building block. Like, this is fucking I, the Palax bookshelf of songs. What does um, that mean? Just like an Ikea item. Oh, Palax. Oh, I see what yeah, you mean. The, yes. the Billy. Um, the Billy bookcase, you, yes. If you like. Um, like, kind of cheap, kind of, you know, mass produced, and like, it's fine. I'm not going to flee the Walgreens when this comes on, but trust. Well, because if, if you did in a that, Walgreens, Sarah, you would never be able to go into a Walgreens ever again. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, to, that's what I was going to say. Trust that at any visit to a Walgreens, no matter how fleeting, you will hear this. Um, but it's it wasn't the least Lilithy, but it's down there. 28th, eight points. Hmm. Well, I feel like this song. Okay, first of all, some chart facts. This song was a massive, inescapable hit, mm-hmm. uh, but it was not released as a commercial single that you could buy on its own. Therefore, because of some really blinkered rules at Billboard at the time, it did not chart on the Hot. They're 100. back. This was an issue, I think, in our last episode. Yes, the the this period of time when the Lilith Fair was just happening was also a time when the Hot 100 was not doing a good job of reflecting the most popular songs. Of reflecting the hotness. Now, that being said, because it was not available to purchase as a single, that meant that the album on which it is from did reach the top 10 in the United States. And the fact that Natalie Imbruglia has a top 10 album boggles the mind because if there is a better definition of a one-hit wonder, I do not know what it is. Um, because at least Joan Osborne, who only had the one chart hit, had lots of other really good songs. And I feel like Natalie Imbruglia didn't. <laughs> um, I wouldn't know because this sounded sufficiently like extruded from former chicken parts that I was yeah. like, mm, yeah, I don't I don't need to investigate the rest of her because no. I can tell you that there are two other songs of hers that I have heard, Wishing I Was There and Wrong Impression, they're called, and they both sound like this. So Natalie Imbruglia basically has one song that probably runs the length of five albums. Uh, that being said, it was a massive hit, so respect where respect is due. It was This is a cover of a song by a band called Edna Swap, which was an Australian band, and I can't tell you how much my heart dies when I have to say the word Edna Swap. To you because it all it's all one word, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I mean, it is. It's there. Thank God. I find this song, like you said, it's frictionless. Yes. I don't feel mad about it. It goes down smooth. Um, you know, so does a cyanide capsule if you put the right <laughs> coating on it. Oh wow! Wow, little uh, Amy Mann mood <laughs> from from a man mark there. <laughs> So it's fine. It is, however, to me, very much the antithesis of what we are doing here. So I put it all the way down. Well, let me back up. The reason, One reason it is the antithesis is that a high whiny voice talking about how sad she is that her boyfriend won't kiss her anymore is not the point of this season. 
like girl get over him get over here katie lang is singing to you melissa etheridge is holding a note that you can ride on until you're away from this man and like, the window is her vagina her wife is right <laughs> so for me sarah it is all the way down in 33rd place out of mm-hmm. 35 with a mere three points and she can and- thank the cores for <laughs> yeah, exactly hold- holding it down in the sub-basement <laughs> Were it not for the cores, you'd be down there further. Um, I, I've said that so many times. Uh, and then the listeners, however, they oh. got up in it, and it is in a tie for 11th place with oh, 25 okay. points. I, I mean, I could see that. If they had it in second place, we're getting names and addresses, and we're fighting with our fists. But I think, yeah, I feel like 11th is fine. I'm not yeah. mad at 11. I'm not mad at 11 either. Okay, next we have a song by Ani, as previously discussed, DeFranco. Um, I'm, I have a lot of things to say about this song, Sarah. This is Untouchable Face. But before I jump into that, let's listen to a clip, and then I'll give you a markalog. Oh, excellent. <laughs> you know, I don't look forward to seeing you again. You look like a photograph of yourself. Taken from far, far away I won't know what to do I won't know what to say Except fuck you And your untouchable face And fuck you For existing in the first place And who am I That I should be vying for your touch Said who am I I bet you can't even tell me that Okay, so in many ways, Sarah, I would say that Ani DeFranco embodies the Lilith spirit just through her business practices. Mm-hmm. Absolutely because, agree. Yep, because listeners, in case you don't know, Ani DeFranco, quite famously at the time, never once signed to a major label, even though she developed an enormous following because she was playing colleges everywhere. People were making cassettes of her music and passing them around their dorms. And she was really an underground phenomenon who then went overground because there were just so many people who were into her music. But And also of, the Internet sort of. Yes, she was an early uh, an early person who was able to ride the discovery potential of the Internet. And instead of joining a major label, she founded and ran and still runs her own labor label called Righteous Babe, which meant that she had financial control over her music in a way that many artists never will. And that was a baller move from the jump so that by the time her double live album Living in Clip was certified gold, that meant that all of those profits were coming right back up to her. And then she was using Righteous Babe to give a platform to artists like Bitch and Animal, like really out there, um, boundary pushing uh, women making really cool music. So she's also been a producer on a bunch of indie acts that you may have heard of, including Dan Byrne, who we have talked about on this podcast. Yes, exactly. So then you think, well, why was she so popular? Why is she still so beloved? Why does she still have so many fans? Well, it's because of songs like Untouchable Face, in which she uses an uncommonly perceptive lyrical ability to get right to the heart of something that many of us have felt, but I feel perhaps have rarely discussed, which is the double consciousness of being happy for someone you love because they're in love with someone else 
but then also being so fucking angry at them that they're not with you. And it's it's kind of like what we hear in Robin's song, Be Mine, where she sees someone that she used to love across the train station. But Ani DeFranco puts it in a much more intimate place. She tells the story of this whole night-long journey where she ends up seeing this guy in the back room. There's a pool table. Like she's, she then travels on throughout this sleepless night that she evokes so beautifully where she's in a safe haven of the sleepless where the deep fryer is always on and the radio is counting down the top 20 country songs and out on the porch, the fly strip is waving like a flag in the wind. And that shit is so evocative and it's so weary. The song is so weary. The, the imagery is so weary. And by the end of the song, she has transitioned in a really important way from saying, fuck you and your untouchable face. Who am I? I bet you can't even tell me that much. She's like fucking furious with this guy. But then by the end, she says, who am I? Can somebody just tell me that much? And it's got that 4 a.m. feeling where your defenses collapse and you are just bereft. And she is just saying, who am I? Please, someone tell me. And her voice starts to break and she starts singing in um, just inchoate sounds. And you get the entire story of a sleepless night of a woman whose soul has been broken in half because the love of her life is with someone else. And the way that she is able to encapsulate that in four minutes is to me, Sarah, fucking masterful. Now, why did I only put this song in 10th place after saying all of that to you? Well, I, at the end of the day, like I said before, feel like the most truly Lilithy songs are happier than this. So even though I think this song is a masterpiece and I am giving her bonus points for being such a boss bitch at the business table, that's why I kept the song in 10th place, 26 points from Mark. Um, I don't say this often, but um, I think you're wrong. <laughs> well end of show we'll never know how the rankings have finished now <laughs> apologize to me and to ani um it is very uh ironic that i pronounced her name incorrectly having put her in first place with 35 oh, points shit but i think that this for all the reasons that you just articulated, so I won't repeat them, but this gets this gets at that like almost post-traumatic feeling of late at night slash early in the morning, that um, shift change of the soul. Yes. Um, oh, well said. That, that uh, everything about a, a love that is wrong and lost is here and she gets to it um in under a minute she has she has given you this framework and then all the different gradations of the fuck you the sadness the rage the exhaustion the um almost like pleading for a reaction of some kind right uh this feeling that you because you want something that you can't have that your self like your you-ness is only like only exists as defined by the outlines of other people near you right and that she gets all of this done in under four minutes and it's 
not, I mean, it's not necessarily like a mellifluous song. Like it's not necessarily a sing-along song. And yet it is because she has basically like eavesdropped on that moment that is universal and translated it and given it back to us as a communal experience that is the loneliest, but is also shared by almost every human being. I get the impression, even still, Sarah, having heard this song so many times, every time I get the impression of feeling like she somehow read my diary. Yeah. Or that she was like, I was sort of, you know, had one glass too many of Tempranillo and was crying and writing in my journal. And she would like walked past and somehow heard, <laughs> like based on the scritching sounds on the paper and translated it for other yeah. people. I don't think between that construction and that ability and the sound of the song orally and her um her ethos as a business creative I cannot find anyone Lilithier including the founder of the festival who got elbowed down to numero dos. So, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I don't think I'd heard this song in 10 years, and I didn't know it super well. Like, DeFranco just sort of, like, went around me for whatever reason back in the 90s. There were a lot of artists like this that I was like, I knew they existed. I knew why they were important. And I just wasn't kind of plugged into that part of the culture. But yeah, I think this is like Max Lilith. So I, the fact that she had already built a record label before Lilith built the affair is so Lilith. I mean, she's like, I, hi, the template exists. Look at my career. Yeah, exactly. So you're wrong. Get out. Um, but before <laughs> you go, where did the listeners put this? Well, they put the song in 11th place in a tie with Torn. So, so uh, it's 20- just Sarah talking about songs because you all are crazy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's a uh, 25 points from them. Uh, I will also add that I first heard Ani DeFranco's music when a lesbian friend of mine that I did a lot of shows with at the community theater made me a mix that included the album Out of Range on one side and the album Not a Pretty Girl on the other. Uh-huh. And- that was just the beginning of my lifelong interest. Well, not I shouldn't say lifelong. I, for like five or six years there, I was just so into Ani DeFranco. She lost me when her album started to get a little bit more into jazzy canoodling. Yeah. Well, but she gave us this, and this is a fucking masterpiece of a song. It's true. Uh, so next uh, we have India Ari stylized... Exhaustingly, as India dot re. Was there ever a more pretentious punctuation mark in any uh, in all of pop music? I ask you. <laughs> um, that said, this is video. Girl from your video, my worth is not determined by the price of my clothes. No matter what I'm wearing, I will always be the India. When I look in the mirror, the only one 
freckle on my face is where it's supposed to be. Now, India Ari did, in fact, play on the Lilith Fair's smallest stage several years before her first album was released. So Lilith picked up on India Ari's Lilithiness uh, early. And by the time that this song came out in 2001 on an album that was released on the Motown label, of all things, India Ari was well positioned to become a star. And she did that very quickly. Uh, Her first album reached the top 10. It went double platinum. Her second album reached the top 10. Her third album went number one. Now, Sarah, I will say I have to now tell you the names of some of her other albums. Oh, God. Full Voyage to India. Mm -hmm. Testimony, Volume 1, Life and Relationship. Not Ships, but Life and Relationship. Testimony, Volume 2, Love and Politics. And then finally, Songversation. I'm so sorry to have to do this to you. Are you still here? Get out. Just kidding. I, this is, this is so weird because like I knew that she, I knew that she played the fest and there is a energy to this, but uh, that's like, I, I think I said this about, um, about uh, long walk that it's like, the sound doesn't quite, the sound doesn't line up. Um, and the, uh, the lyric I feel like is, um, there's something a little Sesame street about the, you know, look in the mirror and pay yourself a compliment lyric about it. Like it's a very friendly, pleasing song to listen to. Um, not terribly complex, but that's okay. Um, but I don't like it, it has that sound that like you would hear it at a festival, but I don't, I don't know that I would associate this that much with Lilith. I, like I'm having trouble articulating what it is about. Um, like it has a Lilith uh, spirit, but the sound is not, the sound is not um, like genre the genres don't line up and uh yeah it just didn't I didn't know where to put it I really struggled with this one because I feel like it's um it's one of those songs that like it's both really not Lilithy and really Lilithy but then when you sort of try to bring those two poles together like um that joke about um that joke about statisticians who will have one foot in a campfire and the other one on a block of ice. And if you ask them how, like what the temperature is, they're like, eh, about, about 70. Like, <laughs> so, um, yeah, she was 26th for me, 10 points, but I'm not, I'm not entirely content with that placement, but like anywhere else I tried to put it, I wasn't content with that either. Like lower was like, but she actually played, the fest and there is a sort of um empowerment of women uh reappropriating and recalibrating their own gazes towards themselves that's very lilithy but the sound is not quite right except it sounds like you know one of those songs that when you're filing in for the day session you would hear it on a 
on one of the stages, like playing. I, I don't know. So, and higher than that didn't work either. I, I don't know. Where'd you put it? Well, I just have to say that the image that we carry of this song is almost exactly the same because in my mind, this is always the song that you hear when you're getting food at a festival. <laughs> like you're in line, you're waiting to get whatever like vegan crunch wrap is available to you. <laughs> and, you know, you're just kind of like bopping along and you can hear her talking in between the songs that she's playing and then you hear video and you're like, oh, yeah, this song is pretty good. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll have a kombucha. You know, like that's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. And I've been thinking a lot about video as a Lilith song. And I think, Sarah, we are just not aligned today. In our hearts, we are always aligned. To me, this is an extremely Lilith song. And I'll tell you why. One, there's that acoustic guitar, which is just like crucial. There is the ease and warmth of her vocal. She's just inviting everyone to sing along. And at the end of the day, huge box ticked for me here. It is a song about women getting in where they fit in. And there is something so stilted and corny about India Ari as an artist. She's Mm -hmm. so earnest. She's so cool, but also so uncool at the same time, as is evinced not only by the album title, Songversation, But by the line in this song where she says, am I less of a lady because I don't wear pantyhose? And you think, is it 1963? Do you work at a bank? What is going on? Uh, It's like she's so like she seems to be so removed from the actual conversation of the world. But it has allowed her to find this sort of blissed out identity where she's just making the music she wants. And she's just letting you know that she's really great and you're really great and everybody's great. And let's all get up here and sing and dance. And to me, that's very Lilith. And that's why I put her, Sarah, in third place okay yeah this uh all right i mean it's just a weird this is a weird collection of songs <laughs> honestly in this episode <laughs> that it's just like all over the damn place so yes as i as i keep saying it's like comparing apples and the concept of justice mm-hmm. <laughs> apples and iud's <laughs> Apples and IUDs, which I think is probably the name of India Ari's next album. Yeah. Or that Tori Amos song that we considered <laughs> using. All right. Uh, uh, can you imagine Tori Amos releasing an EP called Apples and IUDs? I can. Yes. I'm not convinced that has not occurred, frankly. <laughs> like it was only released in South America, but it's out there somewhere. Um, the the listeners, oh. by the way, were pretty much in between us, and they put video in 16th place with 20 points. Mm, all right. Well, the, the creator knew, I guess, what to do with this, <laughs> even if I didn't. They are the, um, if I'm the yeah. foot in the fire and you're the foot on the ice, they're the statistician saying, it's fine. It's fine. Um, speaking of statisticians, uh, Mark needs to go be one. So enjoy whatever music I'm going to select when I edit this. And we'll be back in just a few moments.
All right. Welcome back, everyone. The math has been done. The figures have been counted. The additions have been added and nothing has been subtracted except perhaps my patience for math. What? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) So we're going to talk through the placement of our new songs today and then also reveal the entire top 10. Uh, Of our new songs today, the lowest ranked is Surrounded, which comes in at 27th. But two spots up from that is Torn in 25th. Then in 17th place, we have Video by India Ari. And just one notch up is That's Just What You Are by Ms. Amy Mann in 16th. All right. Now, Sarah, are you ready for the entire top 10? I don't think so, but let's proceed. All right. Coming in strong in 10th place uh, is Ms. Patty Griffin. Let Him Fly. Excellent song. Coming in in ninth place, Stay, I Missed You by Lisa Loeb. Coming in in eighth place, dropping down a bit as the weeks go on, but still doing quite well, Melissa Etheridge, Come to My Window. In seventh place, uh, Cornflake Girl by Tori Amos. And highest debut of the week, in sixth place, It's Untouchable Face by Ani DeFranco. Uh, in fifth place with The Promise is Tracy Chapman. And now we get to some crazy shit, Sarah. In fourth place with 92 points, it's As Cool As I Am by Dar Williams. Mm-hmm. In third place with 93 points, it's Galileo by Indigo Girls. In second place with 94 points, it's Sunny Came Home by Sean Colvin. Yes, that is a one point discrepancy among fourth, third, and second. But with a comfortable four-point lead at the top of the rankings, it's festival founder Sarah McLaughlin with I Will Remember You, and I cannot be mad about that. I can't be mad about that either. Um, This was a very strange, this was a very strange episode. And I must confess that there were some (laughs) rankings from last week that I looked at the list this time and was like, what the hell? (laughs) And I... I moved some things around, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I feel pretty comfortable with with the way that these things average out. Like that expression about the statisticians and the averages is like supposed to point up the limits of you know averaging things and common denominators. But I think that sometimes it it basically settles out correctly and reflects right. the world. And um, I would like to reflect back to you that although I think you've made some extremely serious and possibly felony weight mistakes in your rankings this week, (laughs) that I love you. And listeners, I love you too, even though you're really wrong about some stuff and you should go think about what you've done. I love, well, I love you too. And I love that as this season has gone on, we've been so beaten down by how emotionally complex this system has been that we're like, everyone's wrong. Just, I can't take it. I'm going to be over here in this sanitarium, just whistling Natalie Imbruglia to myself. And I don't mean I'm going to be whistling the song torn. I'm going to be whistling the words Natalie Imbruglia to myself. Well, and I'll be wearing angel wings and putting dirt on the walls, preparing to shoot a jewel video in the bathroom of a bus station in Anchorage, Alaska. That's coming up next week. Because let me say, in case you thought we were through with all of the heavy hitting songs, we're not. 
next week, the final episode has got some real fucking contenders, if you ask me, Sarah. I don't, I'm not sure they're going to let me have a Blue Yeti in Bellevue, but I guess we're all going to find out. <laughs> Fuck me and my untouchable face. <laughs> this, is, this has really been quite a journey of discovery and despair and dead languages. So thank you listeners for coming along with us. Um, we really enjoy hearing your thoughts, even though I, I make jokes about, you know, fighting you and fighting you with knives. Uh, it's not true. I, I would never fight you with knives. Um, but let us hear from you some more about our rankings, yours, things we missed or messed up. That's at talk songs on Twitter mastas.podcast on the book of face and uh, patreon.com slash mastas join us we have a good time teasing each other and uh, we'd love to have you join us if you haven't already bunticus bunticus it's my final word it's actually buntica bye (laughs) (laughs) all right I love the east, I love the west, and north or south, they're both the best. But I'll only go there as a guest, cause I love being here with you. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, that's me, and Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. I also edit the podcast, which is a proud member of the Believe Network. Learn more at bleav.com. To learn more about us, submit song requests, get a pop chart reading, or buy a Mastis book, visit our website at markandsarahtalkaboutsongs.com. You'll also find all of our social media links there, too. That's markandsarah, with an H, talkaboutsongs.com. And for even more content and access to the Mastis Happy Hour, become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash Mastis. Thanks for listening. what I mean. I love being here with you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.